0: The following art trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. Live from
1: Lord Cranley's dance floor. this is Doctor Who Podshock
0: Doctor Who Podshock Okay well, let's do it no, <laughs> you now. Whatever it is if it's valuable, send it to us.) <laughs> <laughs> For the best
1: in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who PodShock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program, with Lewis Trapani, hello, Ken Deep, hello, James Norton, hello, news, fabulous reviews, oh no, and fan mail for James, over uh, forty thousand Doctor Who PodShock from the Gallifreyan Embassy and outpost Gallifrey. You know that guy James was really cool. Oh yeah, what was that? <laughs>
2: I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are
1: you? Who are you? Outpost Gallifrey and the Gallifreyan Embassy present Doctor Who PodShock, episode one thirty-two. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mister Lewis Trapani. Hello. And across the Great Pond, none other than James Norton. Hello. Hello. Well, it's another swinging, sexy edition Spankin of. New. Of Doctor Who Podshock, and uh, we're out on the dance floor here at (laughs) uh, Lord Lord Cranley's Manor. Just finished (laughs) up a game of cricket, and um, I'm going to have myself a screwdriver. I'm going to have myself... A sonic screwdriver. I'm going to have myself about 30 screwdrivers. (laughs) And uh, here we are for another episode of Doctor Who Podshock. Now, i'm a very i'm in a very peter davison era mode right now i'm cramming for why. i'm cramming for a new england fan experience because i'm very psyched up to see peter davison
3: yeah well i'm I'm uh, thrilled for you guys because uh i saw him talk at uh the cavern club but sadly i didn't get the chance to, to speak to him and he he's he was on top form i have to say really really funny and uh true gentleman as ever so um it, it, it i'm psyched for you guys because i know that it's been a while since that you've actually it's, Did you, you've met him before yeah, we've I, I think interviewed
1: have actually yeah october but
3: of it's sort of 20 years or so yes. since you've seen Infinicon, him so.
1: october of 1986 manhattan new york usa with Patrick Trouton and George Takei. She's like deja vu all over again. I mean, <laughs> sadly, we've lost Patrick Trouton, but... Um,
0: if we just and, need Carolyn Monroe there, but instead and, and, we have... And Paul um, Darrow. <laughs> standing in for Carolyn Monroe is um, Marina Baccarin and...
1: Um, yeah. I, I would rather meet Ma- Marina. I mean, <laughs> no, no disrespect to, to Carolyn, but, I, you know, I'm a Firefly fan. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, since we're talking about it, we might as well, once again, uh, give a nod to New England fan experience, um, their N-E-F-E dot U-S. Yes, it's N- November 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of this year, New England's ultimate fan experience at the Hyatt Regency, Cambridge, Massachusetts, overlooking Boston. And as we just said, um, guests include Peter Davison, George Takei, Robert Picardo, Marina and Mark Gooded. um. Among many others. Among many Including others.
1: guests from anime and from some NASA astronauts are going to be there, as well as uh, authors and guests from
0: around the sci-fi
1: universe. Mm. And as and,
0: s- said, their website is www.nefe.us.
1: And we want to thank them for their support of Doctor Who Podshock. And if you are listening to this Doctor Who Podshock way off in the future, if, when we're in our Podshock TARDIS now and it's 2009 or beyond, uh, you can still go to that website because in 2009 I'm sure there's going to be a New England fan experience that's just as interesting and just as exciting because they do it every year yeah. and they have a Doctor Who guest every year. And this is the I've,
0: United Fan um, Con group? United yeah, Fan Con's yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: brand new, super sexy, swinging,
0: Bostonian
1: thing going on. Well, my point on. is
0: that they have a long history of doing conventions um, know, under the name United now. Fan Con. Almost um, 20 years you know, going 17 years and beyond now, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of like a, a rebranding, so to speak. Keep it fresh and
1: well. They're, they're sexy. moving it from Springfield to Boston, uh, and again, a smart move. They're going to the big getting city away from Homer Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going to to Boston, which is a huge market. They're right in the middle of all the colleges and 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 in the touristy areas and all that kind of stuff. So they have an opportunity to draw more people. Um, I you know people who are Familiar with Massachusetts, uh, will know it's it's you know it's not a, such a huge move that they would lose anybody, unless you happen to live right in Springfield. And you know even then it's it's not a long drive. So uh, I think it's a smart move, and I'm really excited. And, and they're they're moving in in many different directions. It's many conventions in one. There's a sci-fi aspect, an anime aspect, a science aspect, science and technology. So there's something there for everybody, and, and we had a great time last year. Lewis and I really had a blast. Our friend uh, Billy was there. We're all going back again this year, and uh, it should be very exciting.
0: Yeah, I, mean, mm. the, I think the event's doing very well. The hotels, I believe, is already booked up, and they're looking to get uh, another hotel uh, accommodations at another nearby hotel. Well, there's, a, there's several hotels in the area. I mean, all within a mile or two, there's about half a dozen. So you know, if you can't get one, you can easily get the other. Yeah. We're, you know, obviously very excited that Peter Davison, you know, was just recently announced. Uh, I believe it was um, almost a week ago that the announcement yeah. came out. So we're very excited about that, and and hopefully it will be on the heels of this seven doctor thing. Well, that's, whatever that's what I was up. just going to lead to. Yeah, I mean, this is um, simultaneously with the information, that, you know, the news of Peter Davison coming to New England Fan Experience was um, the story about a, um, another Children in Need one-off special and that's all we can say is a special we don't know if it's going to be a mini episode we don't know if it's going to be a story attached to it but news is and this is unconfirmed it hasn't been officially announced by the BBC or you know Doctor Who's offices um but rumor is that all seven surviving living actors that have played the doctor are coming together for a one off special uh with you know that that will be broadcast on the 14th of November as part of the Children in Need BBC fundraiser, the annual fundraiser that the BBC does for the Children in Need charity organization. And we're very excited. If this turns out to be the case, we just don't know what exactly it's going to be. You know, we can only speculate. Uh, many people are speculating, oh, it's going to be a seven-doctor story, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be. I mean, we're saying that because last year, speaking of Peter Davison, we had a two-doctor story with David Tennant, the 10th doctor, meeting Peter Davison, the 5th doctor, in a mini episode, whether or not that will be the case this time. And if it is the case, whether or not we don't know if these actors will be playing the doctor. We don't know if they're they could be playing other roles as they did in big finishes. Zagreus. Um, yeah. Or they could, could just come aminous. out as, hi, I'm Sylvester well, they, Or hi, they could I'm be playing I'm themselves. they, they could, yeah, you know, it could be a documentary. Please join us,
1: all the doctors in supporting children in need. I mean, it could be that, you know, could be that
3: um straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Who's to say? I mean, well, uh, do you
1: have
0: any information, James, being in there in the UK? <laughs> come on, James!
3: <laughs> yes. okay, come on, James! Sadly Tell not. Him. Sadly not. Um,
0: you can't sneak into their offices there. You know, being
3: that I, you're wish. In a, you're I wish in I wish I could. take sort of uh, a three-hour <laughs> train journey to the BBC and sneak around. Well, I guess I'd have to go to Cardiff, uh, which would be even longer, but. Um, no it certainly would be i'd love to to have a snoop around but uh it's got a lot of people talking here in the uk i'll say that much um not even uh even hardcore fans because it was printed in uh, a broadsheet newspaper um well as well as the standard kind of tabloids like the sun the news of the world sunday mirror um but it kind of has been given a little bit more um I, well, I, we should obviously it is a rumor, but it's been given a bit more uh, umph and, and 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 respectability, so to speak, because it, it's come out of of the Telegraph, uh, particularly mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's been on, on their website uh, and 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 I think has had a lot of hits there and uh, even a few digs actually I think. Um, now, is so this that's
0: fairly well known in the UK now. Is this? I mean this we didn't preface this with any spoiler warnings is this um
3: (laughs) well I think it is I think it is fairly well known um because uh, it's been well certainly I've talked about it with uh, a lot of my friends and things and uh and colleagues and everybody seems to be quite excited about it and I don't know if they know about it just because of of me talking to them about it because I, I get quite excited about these things obviously i'm a Doctor Who fan, but I think it's 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 certainly it seems to be common knowledge with anybody who has a, a remote interest in the show you don't obviously don't have to be a massive fan, but it it seems to be people have uh have certainly got into it and and and, and got excited about it because even if even if people don't um aren't necessarily interested in Doctor Who people who are fans of children in need or who know what that's about i mean it's obviously got a long doctor who has a long history with children in need so it's it's almost assumed um that there will be some sort of reference to doctor who or or something along those lines um when the children in need episode airs well to call it an episode that's on television for a, a whole evening um so i think a lot of people are excited about it and 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 aware about it but this is it i mean now the the big question is um what is going to be uh what's it going to be about uh, what's going to be featured um and and i I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it will be the seven doctors and they'll because time crash was brilliant well and the uh, only thing
0: is that the actors are no longer many of the actors don't appear the way they look when well quite did, and i don't longer. know
3: how they'd explain that but they explain it away in time crash so maybe they can explain it away uh, if they do do a unless we uh, just
0: hear their voices and, and we don't see them you know something
3: yeah well i mean sylvester mccoy paul mcgann uh christopher eccleston david tennant they all could obviously pull it off i think
0: yeah i think Tennant uh, will have a bit of a you know
3: t- yeah he'll have the <laughs> toughest time um <laughs> But you know obviously colin baker and and tom baker, Peter Davison. And, and people are saying hey, Tom
0: Baker and Christopher Eccleston are the two that they would be least most likely, yes. You know, to yeah. See. But then again, this is a charity event. So
3: well, that's it. Be- I think that's the, the, only, the only reason why I'm not skeptical about this. If it was under any of the circumstances, I would say, no, it'll be the five doctors. It's not going to be seven because Tom Baker and Christopher Eccleston wouldn't do it. But because it is for charity and Tom Baker has done stuff for children in need before as the doctor – dimensions in time is a perfect example Mm
0: -hmm. well we try Um, to erase that from my memory well of course it was it was was
3: completely rubbish but it was it was like it happened
0: (laughs) just like it's always special it's there
3: (laughs) well i'm not a huge fan of the rani so anything that the the rani's in I, i tend to shun anyway um but I I I really hope that this will be kind of more... Of course it's going to be tongue-in-cheek, it's for children in need, and Time Crash was, but it was a lot of fun at the same time, and it did kind of have a, a serious side to it. So what would I hope really, that that's going to be the case here.
0: What would be really cool, and, and now I'm going to preface this saying that it's very doubtful that this is happening, but it would be very cool if it did happen, only because of the time and money that it would take to do it, it would be an animated one-off special where... They could all be playing the doctors and you wouldn't have to worry. They could be drawn the way they looked. You don't have to worry yes. about the way they look. And yeah. we we were very excited about uh, the the Patrick Trouton story invasion with the two episodes that were animated. Uh, again, last I, year, I, I, David Tennant had, I, yeah. um, as the 10th Doctor, did a, um, a, a, a series of mini episodes that were animated and they came off very well. So it could – the technology's there, but whether I – mean, The time is – that's true. factor. I mean, I mean unless, this they, thing unless they started coming, this on the heels of last year's, you know, Children in Need Special, but the expense and the time weren't that this is probably not the case. But it would be really awesome if it was the case.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, the, the thing that – I agree. I would love to see that, and I think it it would be terrific. And I think that people that, – that the actors would do it if it was for a charity. Um but I, I just don't think that they've they've got the time physically, and I think if it had been done off the heels of last year's um,
0: word, probably uh, would have gotten
3: out. It would have been, something would have been leaked. Um, it is it's always the case now. The BBC, with the, the past series, have really had to try and keep their. The, the rumors down and the leaks so to they need a minimum to join
0: up with apple you know apple computers you know and that's <laughs> yeah. the only way to keep things in a tight lid
3: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but anyway i mean i think that that, that everybody I've, I've spoken to has been really excited about this and anyway i've talked enough what do, what do you guys think i mean i'm anxious to hear your opinions about this and and what you think would be in store for the seven doctors
0: Ken did we lose Ken no I'm right here okay
3: <laughs> <laughs> I bored him to death it would seem
4: no no I,
0: I
1: I'm I, I can't admit you know I'm, I'm I've am i been pretty straightforward with, with what I think it's going to be I, I I think if it was going to be something as big as fans hope it's going to be I think we would have heard more about it by now
3: mm, mm, uh, last it. year
1: we knew that that um Stephen Moffat was writing the story. I don't even think we know if it was a story, we don't even know who the writer is at this point. That's why I tend to
0: think that it, I mean, as much as we hope and we wish, and and I think, you know, just by saying that doesn't make it so, but, you know, I I don't think it's going to be a story. I think it may be, you know, as Ken implied, um, it's something that's not a story. It could be just a
3: a documentary something it, it, like that.
0: and it doesn't when i say documentary it doesn't need to be i don't mean to usher in that it's going to be very serious or or dry or boring or not that documentaries have to be that way but it could be something goofy fun but featuring all the living actors perhaps you know um i don't know it's just it, it doesn't have to be it could be very different than other extras and features that we see in dvds and they still could have fun with it but they could be playing themselves
3: I mean, being the the 45th anniversary this year, it's incredibly pertinent. Um, and uh, even just to have a picture, uh, a signed picture of all of them all together would be awesome. And they'd make a, a shed load of money if, uh, if they did that for charity. I'm sure that everybody and their cousin would be ringing up, making donations and so on and so forth, trying to... Uh, to get that so uh, get their hands on that um so yeah i mean who can say what it's going to be about basically but um i'm i'm excited and and uh and i hope that you guys are too because
0: we don't have we don't have long to wait either as we record this it's it's just a little less than a month away so
3: yeah sure and maybe, uh, well, I'm sure that you guys will be acquiring it by other means, as we like to say here on PodShock. But no, it'll be great- no, no, I'm going to so be in not.
1: the UK. Over- I'll be there okay. watching.
3: Well, uh, last year, <laughs> last year the Beeb
1: put it up on their website, and they it it allowed, and it was um,
3: allowed the region free, yeah, region free, yes. Yeah, well, I don't know what, what you would say. It was for a good cause. Yeah, for a good cause, and I hope they do the same thing, because uh, it. it it, I don't like it that the, the BBC. I understand that they have to do it because uh, people from from other countries don't pay a licensing fee to the BBC like we have to in the UK here, um, which is which,
0: understandable. But I think many people from outside of the UK would be willing to pay to, for the um, you know to for this media. You know. Yeah.
3: Well, even if they put it up onto iTunes or something and just had it as a, a download mm-hmm. in the states, like they've been doing with the Doctor Who episodes the classic series people would be willing to to shell out some money for it particularly as it's for charity so I hope that they do something with it and and I you know it's 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 always encouraging when I hear that there are things on iPlayer that people can watch in 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 foreign countries and so on like they did recently with the, the whole Chris Moyles visiting the 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 Torchwood and set and and the TARDIS set and everything so um I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I think we've Mm -hmm. maybe we've rambled on enough about. Well, for
0: our U.S. listeners, uh, since we just mentioned it, if you don't know already, iTunes is carrying many of uh, not only uh, the recent Doctor Who's uh, series one, two, three, not four yet. Probably after the DVDs release, that will be available on iTunes. I'm assuming, but also many of the classic episodes are now also being offered via iTunes. uh, You can purchase via iTunes and watch. Um, on in, on your computer on iTunes or um, on your iPods or iPhones, which is great. You know, it, it gives another option. If you don't, we still encourage you to buy the DVDs. The DVDs have um, loads of extras that aren't available on iTunes. But if you don't want to make an investment on a DVD story that you've not have seen yet already, this is a great way to sample some of these classic Doctor Who stories. And, and there's also some stories that are available on iTunes that are not available on DVD yet. So that's a great advantage there.
1: Really? I I, I, I I didn't realize that they had some stories that were...
0: There are a couple... um, Was it it Planet of Spiders or... Mm, Okay. But there's no extras. I mean, it's just strictly the stories, right? Yeah, there's just the episodes. There are no extras. Mm
3: -hmm. But still, that's quite cool and nice because a lot of people are on Apple TVs these days and and computers in general. So it makes sense and... uh, and iTunes certainly is is the the big one. So it's great that the BBC have been able to talk to Apple and and sort it out. Because well, certainly that's what I think we were dying for when they uh, we first heard that they you know had BSG up there and all the rest of it. Because uh, that was a a big program when they first sort of started getting TV shows on the.
1: Uh, they have um, HD in HD feed of the Battle Stars now.
3: Well, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much it's standard. They're coming out with HD uh, TV shows whenever they can. And it's just a shame with Doctor Who because Doctor Who isn't filmed in HD, um, which to my mind, I don't really don't understand how the bbc can do that torchwood is filmed in hd why isn't doctor who doesn't make sense it has a
1: long tradition of (laughs) of keeping it very down to earth i mean when they went to stereo it was a big deal and well
4: their explanation
0: (laughs) thus far has been that torchwood has a limited amount of effects cgi in it and to render them in hd would cost more money and doctor who has more of that so that's that's their rationaling, you know, their rationalization for that. Though, to my understanding, um, it's been mandated that the BBC ha- um, goes full time in HD with all their programming by I think twenty ten, two thousand and ten. So, uh, when that series five, or whatever you want to call it, so the two thousand and ten series, when Stephen Moffat kind of takes over, he should be hu- ushering in a era of HD, uh, high definition Doctor Who. mm
1: Hmm.
0: So, Or I think, the, or the next level, space crystals. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a, a holographic um, Doctor yeah. Who or something like that. 3D
1: space crystals
0: <laughs> in
1: <laughs> color. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, we're going to be right back with more Doctor Who Podshock right after this.
2: Listening to Pond Shop presented by Outpost Gallifrey. What's that? It's a sonic screwdriver. Never fails.
3: Drop the sonic device. Isn't my day, is it? Sonic won't get me out of
0: this one. Are you seeking Doctor Who News? The Sonic News Driver. Selected Doctor Who related news stories delivered sonically. All in a bite-sized podcast. No bigger than a jelly baby.
5: Function of a sonic blaster, a sonic cannon, and a triple and folded sonic disruptor. Knock what you got. I've got a sonic, will uh... oh, never mind. What? It's Sonic.
2: Okay, let's leave it at that. Disruptor,
6: cannon, it what? It's Sonic. Totally Sonic. I have Sonic to The Sonic, what? Screwdrivers!
0: The Sonic News Driver. Find it on iTunes or go to sonicnewsdriver.com.
6: Who has a sonic screwdriver? I do!
0: The Sonic News Driver. Get yours today, sonically. Neat, isn't it? Hmm? back here with Dr. Who Podchok and joining us is Jennifer Adams Kelly from Chicago TARDIS. We're very pleased and delighted to have her on Dr. Who Pachock. This is the first time she's on our program and she's going to give us some insight on Chicago TARDIS, which is um, coming up. Hello, Jennifer.
4: Hi there. Thanks for having me.
0: It's well, a- thanks for joining us.
1: Absolutely. You know, Chicago TARDIS is, has been around for quite a while and picked up the reins from where Spirit of Light left off maybe in the 80s and when there was this is a long history of Doctor Who conventions in Chicago. Can you can you tell us a little bit about the, the history of the con?
4: That's true. Well, um, Chicago Tarnas, as you said, yeah, uh, comes you know, from a long line of conventions, Spirit of Light conventions in the mid-'80s. Um, the first Spirit of Light convention was 25 years ago this year. It was the big 20th anniversary party that was held Thanksgiving weekend. And it had um, all the living doctors at the time were there. Patrick Trotton and John Perwey, Tom Baker, Peter Davison was there, were all there. And uh, tons of companions, tons of behind-the-scenes people. The tradition went on for three years. Um, in 1990, Bob McLaughlin decided to start a convention called uh, Visions, along with Gene Smith, who is now our Chicago Tardis chair. Uh, Visions went on for nine conventions and um you know, we featured Doctor Who and Blake Seven, Robert O'Showood, Babylon Five in later years, huge convention. But eventually uh, Visions closed down. But Gene still wanted to do a convention. He had started off the Visions and he and, and Bob didn't agree on things. So Gene left the Visions committee. But Gene still felt there was a need for a Doctor Who convention in Chicago. So he decided in uh, 2000 that he was going to start out Chicago TARDIS, And uh, we've been going strongly ever since. And this is our ninth convention this year.
1: You have always have a great guest lineup. And this year is no exception. Colin Baker, the Colin Baker, will be there along with, in my mind, one of the the greatest Doctor Who guests you could have, Elizabeth Sladen. Here's a person now that covers the classic series, uh, the current series, now the Sarah Jane Adventures, and of course, who could forget Canine and Company? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a, along with a ton of other Doctor Who guests. And this year it takes place November 28th, 29th, and 30th, 2008. It's at the Weston Lombard Yorktown Center. That's a mouthful.
4: That a uh, mouthful, and, and that's their official name, so we have to keep using it. <laughs>
1: um,
4: <laughs> what is it
1: now with, with, uh, with this long tradition that's, that's gone on? How do you go about uh, planning a convention where you say, um, we have this tradition here in Chicago? How do you sort of live up to those expectations now?
4: It's fairly easy because we are so fortunate that, that the Doctor Who fandom has, has thrived through all these years. And, of course, the new series coming, you know, coming back, the past three years has really boosted, you know, interest in the series as whole. So it, it's, you know, it, it may seem like it's, uh, running conventions hard, but, with the, you know, as long as we know who's coming, we can say, well, let's have, you know, this kind of discussion because we're going to have these writers here, or, oh, Elizabeth Slayton's going to be here. Let's talk about her her acting career in addition to being Sarah Jane Smith for as long as she's been and things like that. So it it comes together pretty easily. When, when, you know, but the big thing is always the guests, and once we know who's coming, then we can plan around what their strengths are.
1: Is it a year-round thing? Is it something that after uh, the end of November, we, we get into December, you probably take a little breather, and then and you just jump right into doing the next one?
4: We do take a bit of a breather. Sometimes it's just a month. Sometimes it's a couple months, depending on – scheduling um Gene Smith our chair does all the booking and of course he runs his own business as well so it depends on you know how he can fit in you know holiday sales with with alien entertainment along with you know or working on the next year's convention kind of thing but Mm -hmm. usually by spring we have some idea who's going to come this year and from there we can just say well it'd be nice if we did this and make notes and in the summer we start saying, well, let's, it's getting closer to convention. Let's really plan things out. And now it's like, oh, it's six weeks away. We had best better make sure we get that schedule up by this time. And let's finalize, you know, the room arrangements So let's finalize, you know, alternate programming and things like that.
1: Well, essentially, this is like the silver anniversary for Doctor Who conventions in Chicago. Chicago has always been a, a place that's that's been a hotbed of Doctor Who fandom. And Absolutely, you have yeah. sort of a high watermark, you know, with – I was thinking back to that 20th anniversary convention was the premiere of the five doctors before even the uk had a chance to see it so what are you doing for the 45th anniversary of doctor who to make this particular chicago tardis just go out of the ballpark
4: well we're gonna have um new uh opportunities for audience participation we have a new game show on friday night uh you know we our tradition is to have some kind of game show a trivia contest basically um this year we're having something that's called chicago tardis random, randomizer and it's, and it's you have to guess where the tardis is landing you know there you, you'll see a clip of just the tardis materializing and you have to figure out you know where they're landing and what 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 story it is what part of which story it is things like that
1: <laughs> okay cool
4: and you know it was like, we're, we're still working on stuff we were just like we should do something big and it's like well we could do this this and the other thing but we haven't quite decided yet i Although see we're hoping to have another birthday party for the doctor we had one in um, 2003 for the uh, 40th anniversary we served cake and stuff we're aiming to have something like that on saturday as well
6: mm-hmm.
0: it's been some time since i was at chicago Tardis. in fact it was um i believe it was being run by spirit of light at the time we had a John Pertwee and Patrick Troughton were guests there, so that kind of dates it back there. Uh, it's, it was a great event, an incredible lineup, activities throughout the night. So someone that has not been to Chicago TARDIS at all before, anything that you want to prep them or, or advice that you want to offer them, anything that, and along those lines that, that you can offer our listeners?
4: First of all, let me point out that Spirit of Light and Chicago TARDIS are two separate Organizations, you know, we, you know, they have nothing in common other than the fact that they're having had, you know, doctor's on Thanksgiving yeah. weekends. And, um, well, um, what to expect at Chicago Tortoise? We start early on Friday. We have something called Chicago Tortoise Fire Up, very first thing. On usually 10 o'clock on Fridays. That is our welcome to the convention panel. It's also a great place if you haven't been to the convention before to stop by and figure out, and find out what's going on at the convention. We usually have some kind of silliness, you know, random trivia questions, where we throw out, you know, little little uh, doohickeys for prizes, and uh, we usually try to have some kind of special video preview. Last year, for example, we showed Time Crash during during the. Uh, Fire up panel just as a special reward for people who got up that early. It happened to be at the convention first thing on Friday to see. Throughout the course of the day on Friday, you know, discussion panels, question and answer sessions with our big guests, um, autograph and photograph sessions. We have opening ceremonies at 6 o'clock on Friday. And that's mostly because because it's Thanksgiving weekend. People who, who spend Thanksgiving Day proper with their relatives will use Friday during the day to travel and they tend not to get to the convention until about 4 or 5 o'clock. So we bring all our guests on stage at 6 o'clock, you know, sort of welcome them to the convention. And then we get into some fun. We do our game show, and then after that we have something called Fan Film Friday. There are, because there are so many um, people who are making films and making films, Doctor Who Fan Films, for about you know, 25 years, certainly. And uh, we like to highlight some of the, some of the work because you know, a lot of the people who work at the convention, you know, came from a fan film background. So it's like, you know, let's, let's show up what our peer group is kind of doing, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. on saturday there's more discussion panels and more autograph and photograph sessions our evening events include a masquerade which is always very popular and uh mysterious theater 337 which uh is a takeoff in a way of uh mystery science theater mm-hmm. 3000 and we have is a scripted event where uh people are commenting on uh some usually the some of the worst of uh classic series episodes and um do that in the main bottom it's always a big hit it's been going on since uh 1996 so it's kind of a well-established chicago tradition on sundays we have our, our a brunch for um which is an extra charge but you get to have you get to eat with the uh, say colin baker or elizabeth slater which is always kind of fun more you know again you know discussion panels autograph sessions you know and uh we close things up about five o'clock on sunday with the closing ceremonies
0: Sounds like fun. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite a
4: busy weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, um, in addition to, I, I know Ken had mentioned Elizabeth Sladen, and, and um, I think Ken had mentioned the Colin Baker, as opposed to Colin the Baker, which is uh, someone else entirely different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would hope, yeah. yeah. You also have um, India Fisher, uh, Lisa Bowerman, uh, Nicholas Briggs uh, from Big Finish, and also does um, all the Dalek voices and Cyberman voices in the current series. Uh, Gary Russell, uh, a friend of Doctor Who Ponchak, Paul Cornell, uh Robert Sherman, and um, Jason Hay Ellery as well.
4: That's right. But so we we have we have a whole slew of people coming from Big Finish because you know, Big Finish is about to celebrate their tenth anniversary next year, and so mm-hmm. so there's going to be like a big you know push you know, celebrating the ten years that they've you know you know turned out their wonderful audio productions, and you know looking forward to their future and see what else, what's in store for them. Mm-hmm. We're also excited because we have Kate Orman and Jonathan Blum coming. To the convention. They haven't been, you know, they, they are they're based in Australia, so they haven't, you know, been to uh, Chicago conventions since the mid-90s. So that's mm-hmm. really excited that that those two analysts are going to be with us. And of course, uh, Arnold Blumberg and uh, Lars Pearson and Krista Dixon will be joining us as always. You know, mm-hmm. tie and writers who have always been great support to our convention, and we're happy to have them back.
0: We do have uh, Billy Davis, our special correspondent for Dr. Pachak will be there as well. So giving a hand. We'll up. have a reporter on the scene,
1: as they say. <laughs> oh, excellent! <laughs> to uh, to file reports over the course of the weekend. That's actually what I was going to say, Lewis, That we were we were sending our Chicago Tardis correspondent Billy Davis down to uh, to give us reports from the weekend, and he will be our eyes and ears and microphone on the scene mm. for the course of the weekend. So that'll be very exciting. We'll have reports that we'll be filing and and trying to get out asap. Maybe some mini reports coming from the convention. This is very exciting. Chicago TARDIS, and, and just to clarify, uh, Jennifer, I wasn't trying to, I, I didn't want you to think that I was connecting Spirit of Light with Chicago TARDIS. I mean, you guys are, are your, uh, uh, an entity on your own. It's just that I, w- I was trying to say that there is a long tradition and, and I'm sure many of the people behind the scenes at Chicago TARDIS were probably fans of the classic series and attended those kind of things. And when it ran its way too short lifespan, it, somebody said, let's pick up the ball. Let's keep this going because there are so many Doctor Who fans in Chicago and yeah. there's so much support here.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that, that that's, I just want to make a point of, that Chicago in, the, in that area has always had a nice gathering of, of Doctor Who fandom there. It's um, probably because... Uh, the PBS stations back in that area back in the day was showing it, and uh, there was always a large amount of fan activity relating to Doctor Who um, swelling in that area. And it's it's great that you know Spirit of Light and and now Chicago Tardis and uh, you know can give these fans something to go to all these years to um, to express themselves.
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're just happy that you know that that the show is still so beloved by so many people that we that we're able to have such a you know a great gathering every Thanksgiving weekend.
0: All right. Well, it's ChicagoTortoise.com is the website. One word, and you can go there to find out more information. Also, that you can get your registrations. Online registration is available there. Hotel information and whatnot is all there as well.
1: Now, Jennifer, you sent out an email through your Yahoo group about the hotel recently. What's the scoop with that?
4: Well, the, the scoop is, is, is that the hotel is sold out of double rooms for the weekend. Um, that is the rooms that will have, like, two beds in them. And we were quite surprised because it's like, well, we wanted to add more to our room block, And it's like, well, no, it's, it's sold out already. So the hotel's going to be kind of full. We, we um, have um, something left, which would be just you know, the other one big bed. But uh, we are starting to run out of rooms, which is kind of quite exciting in a way.
1: Mm. It, it, it's good news for the convention, but it's—is um, there an alternate as far as uh, fans who want to continue to attend and may have to stay overnight? Is, does the convention have a suggested alternate for this?
4: Um, we're looking in, into it at okay. the moment. We're we hopeful that that we'll be able to um, get some more rooms out of the hotel themselves. But and new. those
1: announcements would uh, would come through the the Yahoo group as a, as a good the Yahoo so
4: group. I've I also put them up at the Datu Forum, and. Uh, the Chicago TARDIS Live Journal Group as well.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, great. Well we wanted to thank you so much for, for joining us on, on Doctor Who Podshock and bringing us up to speed on everything going on for the last weekend of November uh, in two thousand eight, November twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth for this is the eighth Chicago TARDIS. Ninth. Ninth annual ninth Chicago, Chicago TARDIS, Tardis. yes with uh, Colin Baker and Elizabeth Sladen and an array of Doctor Who guests at the Weston Lombard Yorktown Center in Lombard, Illinois. And uh, it's the 45th anniversary of Doctor Who. It's Chicago's long-running tradition of late-November Doctor Who conventions. And, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us and, and bringing us up to speed on this. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from Billy Davis out on the road right there from Chicago TARDIS.
4: All right, well, thanks for having me. Thank
3: you. Thank you for being here.
5: Peter is your typical high school student, but when his mother's failing marriage begins to split his family apart, he releases his frustrations by sharing the story of a young elf named Darthea with his French teacher. Peter imagines a world in which a coven of witches, a renegade elf lord, and the humans have joined forces to conquer the elvish forest. Darthea and her friends embark on a quest to find the wizard Mohan, who will help them save the elvish forest. But the witches have other plans. Can Darthea survive the three ancient evils of anger, fear, and lust, and find Mohan in time? Darthea's fate is in Peter's hands. Somehow, he must rise above the insanity of his family life and save not only Darthea's home, but also his own. Enjoy the audio novel, Darthea's Song, presented as a free podcast at Loshill.com. That's L-O-S-O-I-L dot com.
1: And we're back on Doctor Who Podshock. That was the swinging sounds of Mr. James Norton and his big band. (laughs) That's what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, Lewis will leave his singing in. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: We have our third and final installment of our DWNY report from none other than our correspondent on the move, Mr. Billy Davis. This is the season finale of this three-part saga and what will happen in Billy's adventure to DWNY. Barnaby,
6: Barnaby. So tell me what you thought. Incredible, right?
7: Amazing. I, I'm I'm still digesting a little bit, but um, I'd have to watch it again to give it a give it a full review. But overall, I'm thinking four Tardis groans. I I think I agree. There's there's enough uh, good dialogue, good. Uh, it it kind of held together, uh, a lot better than any of the other series finales, and uh, I think we it, it set everything off to. For future adventures, so yeah, I was I was pretty pleased with how it turned out.
6: I think it was also Russell T Davies' tribute to his series Absolutely. that he kind of brought everybody back. It was just Absolutely. great to see the uh, you know early characters that we haven't seen for a Absolutely. while.
7: Absolutely, and I think over the course of the two episodes, he gave everybody a moment and the, to actually, I know I know Russell has his detractors, but to actually manage what, twelve characters give everybody a moment over the course of an hour and a half that's quite an achievement and I think we really, really ought to acknowledge that Um, above all his other achievements of bringing back the show that we all love Um, and uh, just making it the biggest thing on British TV
6: I agree, so what's the next DWNY event, I heard something
7: next DWNY event, uh, we have a pub meet on July 14th um, we're going to show Genesis yes. of the Daleks back at Nakosina on July 27th. And if you want more information, as I say, back at the website dwmy.org, check the events calendar or email info at dwmy.org and we'll get back
6: to you with anything you want to know. Great. Back Thank you very today. much for, for the great Thanks. event. Great event.
2: Um, hi, I'm John Ralston Bates. I'm the uh, fool that started DWMY in 2005. Um, after a couple of drinks, it has to be said. And um, so again tonight, after a couple of drinks, it was great to see the episode in um, the context of so many other fans. I mean, 40 people, that was just just great. And uh, Barnaby, who's running the group these days, did a really fantastic job of bringing it together. He did. Um, so, I mean, seeing the episode was, was a lot of fun with other people. Um, uh, I, I was a little disappointed with it when I first saw it in that it seemed a little of the, um, uh, the 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 schmaltz we've come to expect a little bit from Russell Davis, but as his really last kind of really big hussar, it was kind of forgivable. Um, and you also, you know
6: what? I, I I thought that it was really a tribute to everything he's done in the four years. It was almost like he had a had uh, some sentimental attachment to all those characters and said. I'm going to bring them all back for a grand party I, in the end.
2: I, and again, I, I think that's completely right, and um, I would agree with that. And I think last week's episode was such a fantastic setup. It's, I, you know, I'm just the the old-fashioned purist fan. It's a little, um, always a little disappointing to see something like a regeneration as a, a um, cheap dramatic device kind of thing. But apart from that, enjoyed it enormously. Great seeing it with other people. And, and like I say, you know... As, as Russell's big kind of lasters are, as, as um, uh, maybe slightly self indulgent, but for the man that brought back the series, then you can't argue with that. You've got to be grateful for him overall.
6: How are you on spoilers? I'm sure with such involvement, it's hard for you to avoid. Oh. Like, I mean, for me, seeing Davros come back, you know, I, I'm i a little, little bit active on the message board yeah. and stuff like that. I was really able to avoid that, and that was a thrill for me to see Davros come back. Well,
2: Um, uh, I've I've kind of avoided spoilers quite reasonably this year and um, um, Davros was fairly obvious I mean that had been rumoured for so long I mean it's been rumoured every season that seeing him come back at this stage was like, even without specific um, spoilers was, okay yeah we we knew this was going to happen eventually um, but I didn't know uh, much beyond that and I was glad I didn't know much beyond that I was also, I spent the whole week Not knowing whether the regeneration was going to be real or not, and suspecting it would be a bit of a a fake, but, um, and you know, and there was that kind of heart sinking disappointment through the week thinking, yeah, this is going to be a fake, even though I love David Tennant. Um, But, um, no, kept fairly clear of spoilers. So, most of the people that I know that have any involvement tend to be very um, um, circumspect and well behaved, (laughs) unlike myself.
6: What do you think about the coming uh four special season? What do you what what do you think we're gonna see? Do think Donna is gone? What what else do you i I've, suspect?
2: I've, I have no idea. I really have no idea. I think um uh I'm 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 interested to see how the men will be integrated with the Victorian theme. Um <laughs> and um that's that, that could be kind of cool. Of course, you know. It's it's Victorian. I, I heard rumors that it was based in Scotland, so you know um that's that's really all i know about it i've really kept completely spoiler free about the rest of the episodes i have no idea what's going to occur in them um it's just that it's going to be a sparse year you know with with right. christian special three other specials and five episodes of torchwood as a mini series though in the u.s you know they'll get broadcast probably one a week it's going to be um something of a sparse year but probably the rest of the show needs to transfer to new leadership Um, I'm not sure if the show's going to HD, but I would suspect that's going to happen over the same period of time, and it'll help with the tooling off of that. So um, um, uh, it's heart-taking for us not to have more and more episodes, of course, but compared to what we had for so many years,
6: you can't complain about it. Right. Right. Thank you, John. Thank you. Okay.
0: All right, well, we want to thank Billy for another great episode of um, the DWNY meetup that took place for the grand finale of, um,
1: series four. Yes, and we were, uh, Lewis and I, we've mentioned this before, but we attended that Genesis of the Daleks, uh, viewing party. It was great fun.
0: Yeah, that was, um, the following, it was, that was the following, um, couple weeks after that, right? Yeah, it was a couple weeks after. Mm -hmm. And we should also mention that they have a new podcast out. The DWNY has their first episode of their own podcast, which is, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but from, um... To my understanding, it's sort of um, a takeoff on um, what Paul Carnell was doing at Gallifrey two thousand and eight. Where do you remember the name of the show? It's a takeoff of a um, well, James might know the name of the show where people have to talk for a minute, just a minute. I think it's called.
3: Yeah, just a minute, or possibly uh, give us a clue, or. um... I
0: think it's called just a minute, where. Yeah,
3: there's just a minute, but also there's several on radio so it's it's probably is just a minute um well the podcast
0: yeah. is not just a minute it's about a half hour long but i haven't listened to it yet <laughs> but i think the point of the show is um and this was done at gallifrey where people have to talk for a minute without repeating themselves without any fil- yes they're not obviously i would fail immediately because if you say ums or uh <laughs> um, whatever uh, yeah yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> we'd all we'd all lose do where it is.
0: But uh, Paul Carnell, uh really did a magnificent job at, um, you know, Gallifrey last year, well, this previous year, back in February. And um, I'm sure uh, next year he'll be doing it again um, because it was a very successful, well-attended, well-liked event there. And mm. various Doctor Who guests would have to go on for a minute and, and without repeating themselves and, and whoever, you know, you know, there'll be one winner at the end of it.
1: Yeah. Well, Sophie Aldred did pretty well um, at Gallifrey nineteen, and I believe Colin Baker, surprise, surprise, did very well (laughs) in a version of that.
0: So check out the Doctor Who NY, uh, DWNY podcast. If you go to DWNY, yeah, I didn't even know they had it. I mean, I knew they were working on it, but it's finally out—the the first episode. Yeah, it's out. I, I, um, in fact, I, I downloaded it. I just haven't had time to listen to it yet. I just got it a couple of days ago, and I'm, i I literally have over a hundred podcasts—117 right now, unheard podcasts—and that doesn't even include the video podcasts on my Apple TV, um, unit. So, <laughs> I'm just so—that's the trouble when you're, when you're producing podcast you don't have time to listen to other people's podcasts it's um it's, it's hard it's you can't edit your own podcast while listening to another it's just it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well i think we're we have a uh, feedback to explore i think james has a few feedbacks um, lined up that we want to touch upon so that's we, yeah.
3: should we get straight into it
0: yeah we can go merrily forward into feedback
3: okay well we've 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 wanted to kind of get through the emails for a while because we've we've had, uh, well, as ever, we're inundated with them. So I'm going to take us back in time to way back in August. And we had a a nice email from uh, a girl called Leela. She says, Hi, Podshockers.
0: I just want to clarify.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Podshockers. My name is Leela. I'm 16 and from Utah. First of all, I want to tell you how I got into Doctor Who. In my yearbook class, I had a friend named Michelle who was obsessed with Doctor Who. I thought it looked weird and I'd never watched it. I was, and still am, a huge Harry Potter fan, and Michelle had never read any of the books. Doctor Who came to me when I was checking up on some Harry Potter news on mugglenet.com and saw a news entry that said, Harry Potter meets Doctor Who. I quickly called Michelle and we watched the clip together. It was of course from the Shakespeare code. Right then we decided to make a deal. I would watch at least one episode of Doctor Who if Michelle would read the first Harry Potter book. Seems a bit of an unfair trade to me, but (laughs) there we go. I didn't have the sci-fi channel, but my local PBS station was showing the 2005 season every Saturday night. My first episode was the long game. I thought it was okay, but It didn't look like something I would watch. I waited another week or two and saw The Empty Child. Of course, I came back the next week to see The Doctor Dances, and I was hooked after that. After the season ended, the channel I was watching it on would just go back to the beginning. So every time I saw Parting of the Ways, I would get up and say, Who the hell is this new guy? It was my first regeneration, so I had no idea what it meant. I discovered that The Christmas Invasion was on a famous, uh, I'm I'm not going to say what, but it's it's a famous uh, video website on the web, (laughs) (laughs) and I quickly watched it. At this time, season four had already started in the UK, and I hated being so behind. I couldn't go on any forums in, in fear of spoilers. Amazingly, I found every single episode of Doctor Who from 2005 up and on said website. I watched seasons two and most of three in a week. Doctor Who became the only thing I've watched anymore. I put the soundtracks on my iPod, I found a few of the people that were behind, like me, and held discussions, the list goes on. I am just now up to date on all of the episodes, but after I watched Journey's End I didn't know what to do anymore. Whilst browsing iTunes, I saw PodShock and I was so excited to see over one hundred episodes. I started at about episode 25 and I'm only on 50. Well, maybe hopefully now you've caught up so you can hear us reading Mm -hmm. out your email. I just wanted to say thank you guys for giving me something to listen to now that we all have to wait for the next Doctor Who season to come out. It's been a great help because the rest of my family is still watching it on PBS, which is still on season two. So again, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Leela. P.S. P.S. And on a last note, my friend Michelle, she decided she liked the Harry Potter books and ended up reading all seven. So I just thought that that was a really cute, nice story. Thank Mm -hmm. you ever so much for the email, Leela. And it's always great to hear how people have gotten into Doctor Who, particularly if they're a little bit behind, because let's face it, the the show is going to be 45 years old yeah. this november so all of us i think uh, apart from um those of us lucky enough like dave ac to be around from the beginning started it with a little bit sort of behind and had to go back and and see things from the beginning so uh that's really cool thanks ever so much for that well
1: it's, I, it's, I i'm sorry, sorry. I, was just I, I always say, found go ahead. the strength of the show <laughs> to be that um that it had such a history you know there was something to exactly. discover there
3: there was always mystery really and and yeah. and that's also kind of the fun of the show in general even if you know even if you are up to date because you it keeps you guessing as to what's going to happen next week uh, even though they've kind of uh, gotten rid of not entirely but you know it's not so much a cliffhanger show anymore but it's it's always nice to see the kind of uh, trailer for next week and and get excited after you've just watched the episode uh, you know and, and all the rest of it so uh, yeah I, I I think it's really cool
0: it, it also points out that we have so many listeners, and they're all many of them are in different points of viewing Doctor Who many um i mean Ken and myself and and you James have probably seen them all and but others may be just familiar with the newer material or or there are others that are just catching up with the older stuff and and before they get to the newer material. This is a, a great example of, of, you know, how different listeners are at different points. I mean, it's something that we are aware of always when we're doing Doctor Who Chalk. you know, not to give anything away too much. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we can only go that far with it. But otherwise, we won't be able to say anything about anything. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: But um, it's interesting. Yes.
3: Yeah. OK, moving on to the next. I'm just going to couple of, uh, cover another couple of quick emails because oh, I know absolutely. that we're kind of uh running Bring out of time him him on. so i've got one uh, from matthew rigel regal I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that but mm-hmm. he says uh, again this is an email from way back in august he says hi guys just wanted to let you know that i love your show and i thought that i would let you know about a collectible card game which is only available online and sadly will not be printed the theory of the game looks great for both two-player and solitaire versions they uh, have seasons uh, scenes from the show i should say and uh, drawings from some uh, cards that came from various books and so on uh, he, he says that he really likes the graphics and overall as a game it's four out of five tardish grown so if you want to check it out it's ciscoid.com that's ciscoid with a k forward slash who ccg forward slash index dot html so go over there and check it out. I'd encourage Doctor Who fans to play the game. It's, lots of, it's a lot of fun. Thanks again, Matthew. So cheers for letting us you know about that. He also sent us a quick review um, in a later email mm-hmm. of uh, a Torchwood book. Uh, he Board says of the that... Prince. Yeah, the Border Prince itself... He also reminded us of how great our show is, which is always great. A way to open an email gets our attention. <laughs> he said, I wanted to give a quick review of uh, The Border Prince, the second book in the Torchwood series, written by Dan Abnett. The story starts out with a team uh, in pairs of two chasing down uh, a piece of alien technology known as the Amok. Owen and Jack are in, SU- in the SUV heading to the area. Tosh and Yanto are heading down the, the fourth back to the hub. Gwen is with James A., a new character. Since I've seen all the shows to date, this was kind of predictable part of the book because something had to happen to him. So he's kind of like a red shirt then, basically, in mm-hmm. terms of Star Trek. <laughs> Since, uh, to me, this was uh, shortly put up when I got farther into the book by Mr. Dine whoever he is, because he left the restaurant rather rudely to protect the principal, which we find out later what the principal is. We also find out that Torchwood is not the only organisation guarding the rift. I'd give it four out of five TARDIS groans because I felt that all in all it was just a bit too predictable. Keep up the great work, Matthew Rigel. So, yeah, cheers for those both emails, mm-hmm. uh, Matt. It's uh, great to hear from you as ever, and uh, thanks for the scoop out for the uh, the card game. It's always good to hear about uh, little things on the web that people can go and download and check out, particularly being Doctor Who fans. We mentioned uh, last time, uh, Ken and I uh, gave a quick shout out to Rassilon, who's uh, uh, a long-time listener and, and fan of PodShock, um, and has some fantastic photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think I've commented on it before in the uh, on the PodShock merchandise uh, section of our website, in terms of the the media gallery. And he says, hello all. Well, it looks like we've overshot our mark and ended up a year, about a year later than we intended. Still can't be helped and we're back now. And that's the great thing about having downloadable podcasts. We can miss our year, but still listen to what we've missed and not even have to wait per week for the next one. We're getting caught up as we've been working on some puzzles. Doctor Who, of course. Great hearing you guys again. Sorry we've missed so many. And worse, sorry we could not join you at the conventions, any of them. We were supposed to go to Bo- uh, JumpCon in Boston, but alas, we all know uh, where that ended up. Yes, we do, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I may have some th- things I to hear, contribute. I hear,
1: like, fire and crackling <laughs> <Yes.
0: Some> reasons,
3: <laughs> from no, everybody. No yeah. more well than others. <laughs> yes, indeed. I may have some things to contribute going forward. As My son, Trey, see the picture of us under your Podshock shirts gallery. And I have been watching the original series from the very beginning, not leaving out any, provided we could have at least uh, had one part to watch. Our goal has been to watch an established continuity and see whether Time War could have played a part in disrupting established Who history, something we know to have happened repeatedly in the original series. If it looks like it's plausible, we may try to publish something. As it stands right now, we are up to the wheel in space. As I think we get into Pertwee's era, my son will really begin to like them. Thus far, his favourite story is the Romans, but as for me, I realise that there is no best Doctor of of him. All are fantastic. If uh, all goes well, by the time we're done, Doctor Who will be back on our screens with a new season. Mm. Anyway, Zori is waiting for me at the puzzle table, so Mm. I must dash and put on another podcast. Keep up the great work and keep in touch – all our all our best, Rassilon, Zori, Trey, and Sarah. And I have to say, Sarah, I think I've mentioned this before, but she has a great expression on her face in the photo in the <laughs> gallery. Check it out. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So last email of the... Well, I just
0: wanted to make a comment that I, and sure. I know I've said it before, but what they're doing is, is really excellent. I mean, I... Obviously, being a fan of Doctor Who, I always enjoy watching Doctor Who. But my most memorable experience watching Doctor Who goes back. Unfortunately, I haven't been able, haven't had time to do it recently. But it goes back to the, to the early '90s, um, early to mid '90s before the 1996 movie, which I did actually do what they're doing, watch Doctor Who from the very beginning, from the episode one, two, all the way through, and at that time, I think the last one was Survival. So the last um sylvester mccoy story and just watch them in order one after the other it's just a great way to watch the series you know obviously with such a long series it's not convenient or you know you can't really you know not everyone can do it but if you can do it and if you can carve out that time and just a half hour a day just to watch an episode it's it's fantastic it takes a while but it's it's a great way to watch the series Mm. and that's actually how billy watched the show
1: when i started introducing him to doctor who with the, the current series i said oh you got to watch some classic episodes and, and he said i'm gonna watch it from the start i said well you realize you're going to 1963 black and white mono you know all this kind of stuff shot on 16 millimeter film he says that's fine i'm gonna start it right from the pilot episode and, and he did and he's all he's up to i think he's up to time and the ronnie
3: wow that's he's some quite some through. progress that's, yeah Mm. Yeah. Over the
0: course of 2008,
3: insane, crazy, Actually, Great I think he's. I,
0: I think he's not up there yet. I think he's just getting to the Colin Baker ones. No,
1: he's done with Colin.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, he finished <laughs> trial which is, uh...
3: I finished with Colin well, Baker. We, may have...
1: prior to you joining us at dinner the other day. We we were talking about trial of a Time
0: Lord. So, all right, I see. I okay. I, I mm. sit corrected. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, final email of the show. This is from a guy called Gordon Davey, and his subject line is, love the show. He says, hi, guys. Thought it was about time. Yeah, indeed. Great way to hook our attention. I thought it was about time that I wrote to tell you how much I enjoy Podshock. I discovered it two or three months back, and since then I've been listening to the new episodes as they've come out and catching up with the old ones in between. One of the things that I particularly enjoy about the, each of the archive shows is hearing the three of you speculating about future developments and, with the benefit of hindsight, seeing how wide of the mark you usually were.
1: <laughs> way off, I'm sure. Yeah, way
3: off. Way off target. Your tongue-in-cheek predictions about the contents of the Genesis arc prior to the transmission of Doomsday were extremely amusing. <laughs> I'm sure, particularly my, my musings anyway. I stress that I'm not making fun of you here. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't pretend we for a second. We're making fun
0: of ourselves.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, we always do. That's, that's Podshock down to a T, tongue in cheek. But anyway, I wouldn't pretend for a second that I would have had done any better. But it does show how good Russell T. Davis is at taking things in an unexpected direction. That's very true. After all, if we could always guess what was going to happen next, there wouldn't be any point in watching the program in the first (laughs) place. A little bit about myself. I am not going to tell you how old I am, but I was around for the initial broadcast of an unearthly child. Unfortunately, my memories of watching it are probably false ones because I've seen it so many times since then, and what with repeats and various video and DVD releases. One thing that has stuck in my mind, though, is at the very end of the William Hartnell era, when he regenerated into Patrick Troughton. I was watching it with my grandmother, and as I sat there wondering what had just happened, she said to me, he's turned himself young again, which... (laughs) given how little we knew of the Doctor's background at the time, was a pretty good explanation. Yeah. Another thing I remember is the web of fear. I could wave a magic wand and bring back just one lost story. It would be that one, no question about it. Four years after I saw it, I paid my first visit to London. I went down into the underground and bam, the memories came flooding back. I half expected to see a yeti emerging from the tunnel. I stopped watching the show regularly in the mid-70s, not because of Tom Baker, but because I had started going to football matches on Saturday afternoons. I saw very few episodes from the Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy eras, but I'm firmly hooked once again on the revived show. So, keep up the good work. The TV show would seem to be in safe hands under the guidance of Stephen Moffat, and I hope that as long as it continues, Podshock will be there too. Fishing out TARDIS groans, are they grinds? And never quite hitting the bullseye with the forecasts about things to come. Gordon <laughs> Davy in Edinburgh. Well, thank you ever so much for that, Gordon. That's a great yeah, email. Great. And uh, and yeah, it's nice to yeah, know like- that that listening back to the shows, the archive shows, it gives you a bit of a giggle. Um, certainly, I I uh, have a, an iPhone, and uh, usually what happens is that I randomly fill it with um with with mp3s and so on uh, to listen to and i just have it on shuffle as i'm walking to and from work and literally a few days ago um the very first episode of doctor who podshock came on to oh, my no. surprise <laughs> it's the, the only it, it's the only um ep- episode of podshock that isn't uh you know it's it's not technically a podcast cuz i have the full mp3 for um nostalgia's sake maybe shall we say um and it, it, it did bring a complete smile to my face and and i reading this email so, made me remember that that and, was
0: our and, unearthly child
3: <laughs> yes yes well quite so uh it certainly wasn't earthly listening back to it uh, now but uh yeah it's it's great to hear about your experiences and and, and again your how you got into Doctor Who and, and how your uh, involvement with the show has evolved over the years. It's always good to to hear that. So,
0: And I initially you... thought there were grinds. You know, To me, that, that sound of the TARDIS, um, yeah, I, I can see groans as well. But I always initially thought it, it sounded like a grinding
3: sound. Yeah, so. but it sounds a bit kind of uh, uh, dodgy uh, in terms of grinding, doesn't it? So um, yeah, we, <laughs> maybe it's better that they're groans. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know.
0: And you know, <laughs> and it goes along with moans that people usually you know do when listening to Doctor Who podcasts. Particularly, <laughs> at least all the my puns that we make, yeah. <laughs> there are many kinds of moans, Lewis. Yes. Well, yes. Let's keep moans. Pacific, Sadly, mine are just due to bad puns. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Let's
1: see. Perhaps I could make a a a random and crazy prognostication. I say that the Candyman will be showing up in the Easter special. Oh, there's my moan.
3: Sense. <laughs> makes sense, I can see where cool. you're coming from again.
1: I, I did want to say thank you uh, not only to, to everybody who, who has been sending in emails and, and, and thanks a lot from Lewis and James and myself for, for being so supportive of the show over the last couple of years. I, I take time out from time to time to say thanks, and, and this is one of those moments. It's just, yeah. it's great. You know um, the feedback and the response and everything, and we, you know, we do it for free. We do it because we're Doctor Who fans, and and what keeps us going is the fact that someone says,
0: "Hey, I I listened to the show and I'm, I caught up and I'm, and I've really enjoyed it." Mm -hmm. We should remind people how to send feedback, and that's feedback at podshock.net. Email it. Uh, As you can see, James has been reading off of these emails. We we prefer all, you know, we we accept all feedbacks. Uh, If you can send us an audio feedback, that's awesome. Since this is a Audio podcast, so that we could play your feedback on the show. That would be um, even, you know, fan, you know, even more fantastic. But all feedback is uh, welcomed. And I wanted to make
1: one other note, please. Um, if I could ask the Podshock listeners to uh, to help us out with something, if you are attending a convention or if you're buying something online uh, Doctor Who related, if you could figure out a way of making a note. That either you heard about something or that you're a listener of Doctor Who Podshock, that would help us out enormously. So if you're going to Gallifrey or New England Fan Experience or Icon or whatever, and sometimes there's little survey cards when you're at the con at registration or mm-hmm. you're online registering. Anything that says, I'm a Podshock listener, I'm a loyal Doctor Who Podshock listener, um, those kinds of things helps us out. Uh, Not that it's going to suddenly make us millionaires or anything like that. It's more about uh, that convention organizers and and people who run um, stores or shops or online shops supporting Doctor Who and science fiction uh, know that we're out there and sending out these words and and talking about these particular things and that people are being driven to those places through Doctor Who Podshops. And that just opens the door for us to be able to, uh, you know, to get in
0: and and talk with some of the guests, and and, and in turn, it it's better. It, it brings, it's good for you, our listeners, because um, it gives us a little accessibility to bring used material that maybe mm-hmm. otherwise we would not be able to. So in the end, it, it's really you know to all our benefits.
1: Well, absolutely, yes. and and the, the the podcast is worldwide, and as we know, we have reports from around the world, and if something's happening. Um, in Australia in 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 the UK or anywhere in the world where we can't reach I mean Lewis and I are, are here in New York and and we yeah we make it to LA and Boston and a few other places where we can and James is in the UK but we're we're just you know, regular guys. So it's it's tough. We can't just jump over and say, "Well, something's going on in Japan. Let's go Donald to Japan." Trump is what <laughs> he's saying. <laughs> yeah. So to, so when you have somebody, uh, you know, when you have when you have listeners who are are willing to participate in the in the program and give us, um, you know, Josh was in L.A. when John Bowerman did his book signing, and then we had uh, reports from from listeners who were at the. Um, David Tennant, you know, Dave, when David Tennant did his um, Hamlet, sorry, mm-hmm. when, when Marissa was in at Hamlet doing yes. the report and things like that, these are all folks who just say, you know what, I'm going to help out, I'm going to do this, Billy's going to Chicago TARDIS for us, it's like they go, and they're there, and they're, uh, they're all of our eyes and ears if you can't make it there, and it's so important, but... I'm I'm stammering here a
0: little bit because I'm I really I feel very passionate about it and it's it's cool and I appreciate it. Well, from day one, we always said Doctor Who Podcast is for fans by fans, and um, it's just as much as your show as it is ours. So we appreciate everyone's efforts and contributions to Doctor Who Shock, be it you know giving a monetarily donation that helps us out, or you know getting contributions such as um, content, which is um, always great as well
1: yeah content is 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 a contribution because it, it adds to the show and of course that just is gives us a chance to listen to what somebody else is is saying and gives us something to talk about you know our reactions to it and things like that that's uh that's definitely supportive and and just like I said getting out there and saying hey i'm a I'm a pod listener i'm so'm sub- I'm, I'm buying my three day pass for for a convention or I'm buying a t-shirt online or a CD online and I, you put I'm a Pod Shock listener. You know how much that means. It's, it's it 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 helps us enormously.
0: Well, especially I mean, with these conventions we try to do our best to kinda um and we did it today today as well when we interviewed uh Jennifer Adams Kelly from Chicago TARTIS, try to give conventions a, a platform to um tell you know, listeners what they're about and what to expect at the conventions. Uh we did a whole series of course on Gallifrey and we'll be there again uh this coming February. And we'll be at, as Ken said, in Boston for New England fan experience um, with Peter Davison this year. But it's a great vehicle, the podcast is, for listeners to get a sneak peek at conventions that they may ha- not have been before and to get a taste of what it's going to be like. So if you can replay that, re- repay that by letting the convention organizers know that you heard about it from Dr. Pachuck, we'll be eternally grateful. Yeah. mm, mm. I just want to give a, a plug to another podcast, the Sonic News Driver. You probably heard it already if you're listening to this. It's um,
1: it, <laughs> What's that, Lewis?
0: <laughs> it's selected Doctor Who-related news stories delivered to you sonically. The Sonic Is it good? News good? Yeah, check it out if you haven't. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've already heard it. So um, I want to thank everyone for the feedback so far on that. It, it has its own feed now. Uh, if you go to our site, org or pachak.net net, will both bring you to the same site. There's information about it there. Mm. So, um, but I guess that's going to wrap things up for this show. Anyone else has anything else before we close things up? I have to go I watch Four to Doomsday. Ah, which is, um, Episode two. <laughs> <Of the Peter laughs> story Peter two. Story
1: um, two. Yeah, Davidson I'm uh, making my way through the Peter Davis era. I,
0: I think my confusion was the last time we spoke about that was I think they sh- they shot that first, but I think they um, didn't they have a few stories before they got to Costa Valver? Th- yeah, definitely. So I think maybe Costa Valver was the fourth one shot. Third, maybe that's could, where yeah. four was coming. Or maybe it, it
1: definitely that. wasn't the first. We yes. know that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to Peter next month. We'll ask him. <laughs> All right. Even then. though
1: I have about 100 books here, I, know, I can I easily know. go and thumb
0: through. <laughs> Same here. But, you know, we, or we're online. We're on the Internet. It's just, you know, a few key, key clicks away. You know, we could go an Google. But, um,
3: <laughs> but
0: we'd rather talk to Peter about it.
3: Yeah. All right. Best well,
0: way. thanks, everyone.
3: Thank everyone for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers.
0: You have been listening to Dr. Who Podshock by the fan run GallifreyandEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Dr. Who Pachak is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Dr. Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Opening theme by Jeff Smith at JeffSmith.com. This episode is sponsored in part by the New England Fan Experience. Be sure to attend New England's Ultimate Fan Experience at the Hyatt Regency in Cambridge, Massachusetts on November 21st through the 23rd. Visit www.nefe.us for details. This is Lewis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Lewis Trapani. This has been an Art Trap production brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you.
4: Sorry, no time. Mustache. Come
3: back later.